Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Make It Musings podcast. Welcome back to another edition of my series about my football manager career, where, if you recall, I had moved on from lowly Aldershot and I was now in charge of championship side Crystal Palace. And the first phase of the season, the first third uh, of the season, I felt had gone quite well. Well, it gone very well, let's face it. I was top of the league with my Palace team. Uh, we were doing, in, in my view, really, really well. We were scoring plenty of goals, winning plenty of games, and we were on the right track. The objective at this moment in time was to basically secure playoff place. So we were above target, which is always quite nice. But as we kicked off the second phase of the season, with my idea to still be rotating between a couple of formations to keep teams off balance, we uh, hosted Forest Green in what would be my 200th game in management. Not at Palace, of course, obviously, uh, but overall, my 200th game in management. And I was very pleased to say this was a very nice win. A little bit not lucky. I think we deserved to win the game. Uh, we scored three goals without reply, but two of those goals were late penalties, which added a bit of gloss to the scoreline. But this put us seven points clear at the top of the league. And we followed this up with a reasonably good one of form. Uh, we won 2 1 away against Cardiff, who'd been struggling somewhat. We then won 4-0 at home uh, against Middlesbrough. And then we travelled to Peterborough. And for this, I thought I would use the the more attacking formation, the three at the back, two forwards, uh, because Peterborough were bottom of the league. And I thought to myself, you know what? A chance for some goals here. However, Peterborough had a new manager. And sometimes when teams get a new manager, they tend to kind of bounce back a little bit. And this was certainly true uh, in this particular game. Until the 80th minute, we were actually losing 1-0. Midway through the second half, I actually switched back to my 4-4-1-1 formation, uh, just to mix things up a little bit. And this brought us a trio of goals to win the game. Didn't really deserve to win it, but in the end, I didn't really care. <laughs> a victory is a victory. And in the process, with the conclusion of November, I won my second manager of the month award in a row. Always quite nice. And then I faced a new problem, an unexpected problem. I had spent quite a bit of money in the first part of the season during the summer transfer window to bolster the team. And I had, as a result, and also perhaps because of the board's negligence, found Crystal Palace falling foul of the financial fair play regulations. I don't fully understand this, but basically it relates to not spending more than you can. I don't know. There's more to it than that. That's a very simple way of putting it. But there's certain rules around what you can and can't do based on income versus expenditure. you think that was common sense, but football really follows conventional ideas with that kind of thing. But at any rate, I, I had to sell some players, potentially. I didn't want to, because typically the players that people would want would be some of my best players. But I would have to have a look and see who was playing regularly, who wasn't, who could I get some decent money for versus who had to sort of stay. But that was a little bit into the future because the transfer window wouldn't start until January and we were just beginning December. Uh, or should I say, yeah, just beginning December? Yeah. 
We also had a reduced wage budget. That wasn't too much of a problem for me, however, because we were still quite a good place wage-wise. And if we weren't buying players, it wouldn't really matter too much. We drew at home against second place Notts Forest, uh, a fair reflection of the match. And then we travelled to West Ham and won 2-1 there. And then we beat Derby 2-1 at home. And this put us 10 points to at the top. We then faced Blackburn Rovers in the Carabao Cup fifth round. And by this point, my first choice keeper, Brazilian Mateus, Mateus, whatever his name is, had returned to action, which was quite nice. He'd actually returned for a game against Derby, I believe it was. Um, and it was just nice to have that kind of assurance back. We beat Blackburn 2-1 to reach a place in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup, way beyond expectations, way beyond expectations. So I was very pleased with that. Then we had to travel to a more tricky... Get my words out. We then had a tricky match away from home against Bristol City. You might be thinking, Bristol City, really? They'd very recently in the game been in the Premier League, which seems to happen a lot on Football Manager. On Football Manager 2012, Bristol City, not Bristol Rovers, Bristol City, often end up in the Premier League and they often end up doing quite well. Uh, they don't tend to win trophies, but they tend to float around the edge of European football. They sometimes get Champions League football. I don't know what it is about Bristol City and that kind of thing, but they often do it. So this could be quite a challenging fixture. However, despite a number of injuries for both teams in a very physical contest, we won 3-0, which was quite nice. Then I had... A very strange situation. One of my midfielders, a player by the name of Doan, had been doing quite well for me. And he was, because he was playing quite well, he was attracting attention from other clubs, including European clubs. He began to want to leave. I assured him that you know we would be in the Premier League next season. And bizarrely, he asserted that the squad wasn't good enough to get promoted. Bearing in mind that we were comfortably clear at the top of the table... Uh, by this point, it was at least a 10-point advantage, and he thought that we weren't good enough to go up. I was able to convince him that we would, thus he would stay. And then, to celebrate that, we went and beat Reading away from home. So, we were now kind of just at the halfway point, or just beyond the halfway point. We were 11 points clear of second place Sheffield United, and we had a 15-point gap between us and the playoff places. So, really, I didn't know what Dome was moaning about. We then beat Huddersfield 4-2 at home and set a new record for being unbeaten 19 games in a row for the club. We won, or I won, my third Manager of the Month award and for the New Year's Day fixtures I thought to myself, great, we'll have a good day here and then we lost at home to Birmingham, thus ending our rather good run in the league and in general. But it wasn't a disaster, of course, we just... It was a reminder not to get careless, not to get complacent. Unfortunately, we didn't do too well from there. We ended up drawing in the FA Cup uh, against Middlesbrough, away from home, which meant there'd be a replay, which meant it was another match to have to face. We then travelled to Chelsea and Stamford Bridge in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup first leg. Needless to say, Chelsea, both in real life and in the game, for a team like Crystal Palace will always represent formidable opposition. In this particular instance, they were a league above me. They were 
fighting for Champions League football uh, as well. Won the game, they'd actually recently won the Champions League. They won the Champions League in 2023. So there was a lot of quality there. And I knew this would be a very difficult match, and it proved to be the case. We ended up losing 3-0 at Stamford Bridge. It was expected, but it was still quite annoying because I had... Ridiculous as it sounds, I began to harbour hopes that we could actually sneak a victory in this competition. Big ask, but we'd done well at that point. A little bit lucky with the matches that we'd had and the fixtures we'd had. But nonetheless, part of me was thinking, could we go all the way in this competition? And Chelsea put us back down to earth for a bump. We then lost 1-0 away against Blackburn in the league. And therefore, it seemed to me like our form was, was wobbling a little bit. We then lost in the Ivory Cup replay against Middlesbrough. And therefore, yeah, form was certainly a bit patchy. We had some players that wanted away because they didn't think we could be promoted, despite our amazing advantage. And I wondered, was this becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy? They didn't believe we could go up, so we weren't winning. We bounced back by beating Colchester 2-0 at home. We had put four goals past them in our previous two meetings, but I didn't really care. We only put two past them this time. 2-0 win, nice and solid. A 2-1 away win over QPR to follow one, which was also quite nice. And then we had our second leg against Chelsea in the Cowboy Cup semi-final. Having lost the first leg 3-0, it was easy to think this would be very difficult and it was tempting to perhaps think we should play a defensive style of play. Not my style. I thought to myself, if we're going to go out, we might as well go out swinging. We did go out the cup, but we won the game 2-0. We won the battle, but not the war, but it was still a very pleasing result against a very strong Chelsea side. At home, we'd proved a match for them, more than a match for them. And we're only really a whisker away, shall we say, from actually beating them. So it was actually a very good show as far as I was concerned. We only had the league to focus on now. That was it for us. We returned to action with a home game against Hull and although we dominated the game creating many many chances we could only draw one all at which point something rather unusual happened something arguably of my own making in some respects but I was a bit surprised at what the board did apparently there was an issue with me breaking promises to my players which in the view of the board was casting doubt upon my integrity I didn't really feel this was fair. I was getting results. We were top of the league by a convincing margin. Promotion at this point wasn't guaranteed, of course. It's not guaranteed until you cross the line, but we were in a very, very good place. However, the board issued me with an ultimatum because I had broken promises to my players on more than one occasion. They felt I needed to earn my keep, so to speak. And I agreed that I would take 10 points on my next five games. This was a condition of me actually keeping my job. By this point, we actually had a seven-point lead over Notts Forest in second place and were 14 points clear of Sheffield United in the playoff places. But now I had this, this cloud, I guess, over my head and I had to make things work. I had to get results. Would I manage this? <laughs> Would I ever? Five games to save my job, which I didn't think was fair. But the first of these games was away against Rotherham, who were struggling. And 
despite the press maybe trying to unsettle things by hinting that they knew about this ultimatum somehow, it didn't matter. I poured school on the idea and we won 4-1 away from home before we faced what I would consider to be something of a grudge match. You may recall that earlier in the season, very early in the season, when Crystal Palace had travelled to Sheffield United, we had been walloped 7-0. It was a freak operation of a result. It had greatly irritated me. I don't think even the worst performances of my Aldershot side compared to what happened in this match. So I wanted revenge. I wanted a win. It would it would move us further away from the playoff places. It would maybe push Sheffield United down a little bit. And yeah, I wanted a bit of revenge. At this point, cast your mind back to a little bit of a weird, glitchy situation that had happened more than once. For whatever bizarre reason, sometimes the game would award the opposing team a goal very late on the game without any of the usual kind of in-game indicators that have been a goal but a chance they would just suddenly get a goal which would cost me points which was very irritating to put it mildly on this occasion well we were 2-0 down against uh, Sheffield United quite early on which was very very annoying we did get a goal back in the second half and we were 2-1 down going into injury time and then this strange glitch reared its ugly head again, except this time it wasn't ugly, it was beautiful. The game granted me not one but two injury time goals to hand me a 3-2 win that was arguably not deserved on the basis of play. In fact, it wasn't deserved, but I didn't care. We had the three points and that was all that mattered. The Sheffield United manager, Chris Wilder, I suggested that I was bitter uh, about this because I made it clear we'd actually earned the points. Publicly, I was singing our praises. Uh, he called me bitter, but I didn't care. I had the points, he didn't, so tough luck. From there, we travelled to Brentford. We'd beaten them 5-1 at Selhurst Park earlier in the season. They were doing quite well, actually, at this point in ninth place. But we took a 1-0 away win, thanks to another goal from Brewster. And... This was despite maybe towards the end of the game having to sort of hold on a little bit. So, for this ultimatum, I had won three of these games. I had nine points out of the ten points I was required to get. So I only needed one point from the last two games to guarantee that the board would not sack me. We travelled, we hosted, sorry, Swansea. Uh, we'd actually won 6-2 away from home against Swansea earlier in the season. This was a bit more mundane. We won 2 0, versus scoring twice. We should have scored more goals, but in the end, a win was a win. And we had comfortably, comfortably achieved the objective. Game number five of this list of games that I was being judged on, just for kicks, we won that as well. 2 1 away against Bottom Club Preston. Only thanks to an injury time winner. Uh, but hey, a win is a win, as I said before. And with 11 games to go, we had secured a playoff place, which was amazing. We were now definitely going to have playoff football, even if our league form collapsed at this point. We were 18 points clear of second place Notts Forest, 21 points clear of Sheffield United in the playoff places. And 
the chairman of the club acknowledged that I'd done really, really well in exceeding the target. We moved on to take a sixth straight win, 2-0 at home over Stoke, and I won match of the month for February. We had 10 games to go, and we were now 23 points clear of the playoffs. With 30 points available, the window to catch me, as far as Sheffield United were concerned, was shrinking quite rapidly. We needed three wins to secure automatic promotion. That would get us across that line. But things began to kind of go in a little bit of the wrong direction next. We lost 2-1 away to Millwall. Didn't play very well. We bounced back to beat Oxford 3-0 and achieved a new record for the number of wins in the league season for Crystal Palace, as well as a new Crystal Palace points record as well. We travelled to Forest Green and we won 3-0. This was, by and large, because the opposition had two players sent off. They lacked discipline and we took full advantage of that. And that granted us promotion to the Premier League. That was done at that point. We had seven games to go and we were going to be a Premier League club next season. I was going to be a Premier League manager next season, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. To secure promotion that early in the day, it, it, it gives you a brilliant feeling. The pressure is suddenly off. You can celebrate a bit. You can relax a bit maybe, although you don't necessarily want to. Unfortunately, my team kind of did. We lost 2-1 at home to Cardiff uh, in the next fixture. And we then lost 3-1 away against Middlesbrough. So I wanted to kind of rally from there. We hadn't won the league yet. Although we were promoted, we hadn't actually won the championship. So it was a case of now going across that line as far as I was concerned. Two defeats in a row dented our chances, but with results elsewhere kind of working in our favour, we ended up with a chance to win the division with the visit of Peterborough, who was still very much in the relegation zone and unlikely to get out of the drop zone. We fell behind, actually, midway in the first half, but we did rally very much in the second half. Brewster and Doan scored two goals each, loan signing Shortire, who I was hoping to keep, uh, scored a powerful effort from the edge of the box, and we won 5-1. And that 5-1 win meant with four games to go, we were promoted. We were going up to the Premier League as champions. Brilliant stuff, as I say. So we secured promotion with seven games to spare. We secured the title with four games to spare. In the end, we had enjoyed a pretty dominant season. There's no two ways about it. The last two games didn't necessarily pan out in the way that I would like. We, um, to be fair, we did begin with a victory over Nottingham Forest, uh, who were second. We were actually away from home in this fixture. So it was a way of asserting our dominance over the league. And it was quite nice to win coming from behind. We had a chance to set a new win record for the division uh, at home against West Ham, but we lost 2-1. And then we lost 1-0 away against Derby. Rather disappointing, to be fair. And then we drew at home against Bristol, Bristol City in our final game of the season, thus not actually achieving this amazing goal of a new win record. But in the end, the important thing was we were promoted. I wasn't thrilled with how the season ended. Uh, we did kind of undersell ourselves, uh, shall we say. But 
nonetheless, we, well, we were going up and this meant a new challenge. Premier League football would be the ultimate test of myself as a manager and of the team I had. And the harsh reality is that not every player I had in my team would be a Premier League quality player. There's no getting around that. That was a discussion for another day. I wasn't going to mire the team too much in the grim prospect of some of them being moved on. Although I did begin to... Some of the peripheral players, the fringe players, I did begin to move on. Annoyingly, I'd lost Doan to uh, a kind of free contract signing to a club in the Middle East, uh, of all places. But the nucleus of the team would still be there. I'd still have the strikers of Brewster, Barry and Kedaway, who I felt were a trio of very good forwards. I would still have the nucleus of my midfield on the fence. And I was already beginning to look, as we moved into the, uh, the end of season break, I was already beginning to look at who I could bring in, looking for preferably bargains, I guess. I wanted to get quality without spending the quantity, which is, of course, the balancing act that every manager faces. Not the easiest thing to do, because if you want the best players, you have to be prepared to pay for them, unless some remarkable circumstances happen to play out. But I was already looking at where I needed to strengthen, and I kind of felt I needed to strengthen everything. Uh, so I was looking around a number of positions to try and bolster strength in depth uh, and quality. But, as I say, we'd only just begun the, the post-season break, and the key thing for the players would be to unwind a little bit, enjoy the break, come back for pre-season, fresh and raring to go for the brand new challenge of the Premier League. Meanwhile, uh, on a personal level, I'd applied for another coaching licence and Crystal Palace vetoed my application. They didn't want me to get this training on the grounds that they were concerned I would become an attractive proposition to a bigger club who would try to poach me. Okay, flattering in a way, annoying in other ways, because I was kind of, you know, putting myself in the shop window, I guess. Uh, and I would be able to do a better job as palace manager if I had this training, but for some reason they didn't want me to have it. So, okay. And maybe as the Premier League season drew nearer, they might change their minds. They might realise it would be beneficial. But at this moment in time, as we wrap up the season, we will have to wonder if, if they are going to change their minds. I hope they do. And I guess it's just a case of appreciating what we've achieved. The Palace team had secured a playoff place with 11 games to go. Secured promotion with seven games to go and won the division with four games to spare. We'd equaled the record for the number of wins in a season in the Championship. 
and we had just to be blunt utterly utterly dominated the league not every result had gone my way of course and the end of season uh, or the last few games of the season were disappointing because I think we took off off the gas but we had done exactly what we needed to do bearing in mind the original objective here was just to get into the playoff places we had more than covered that and we could be very very proud the players could be proud I was proud the hard work would begin next season I mean Premier League football is something else altogether it would be very very tough we would be rubbing shoulders with some of England's and Europe's footballing loyalty I looked forward to it I just hoped that we could keep Paris in one piece.